Well, Tellers, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We are here today with Deja and Chelsea LaCour. Uh, We're talking to them because April is Autism Awareness Month, and we wanted to talk to them. They have a special story with a very, very special guy, so we wanted to share this with you all. Deja and Chelsea, thank you so much for joining the Tell Your Story podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having us. So why don't you to just tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your family, just your your name and ages and your family makeup and, and what you do. Okay, um, my name is Daisha LaCour. I'm the mother of three, um, Chelsea LaCour, Sydney LaCour and Joseph LaCour. Joseph is about to be 21. So his autism and his birthday, obviously the same month. And mm. we found out about um Joseph having autism I think when he was about eight years old so um my husband and I we knew that something was different um all along but just couldn't figure out what it was and the doctors they they didn't know and I think that even though 21 seems so young I think that it's come so far now Mm -hmm. and um, different things that um, doctors may look for. So they didn't even think that he had autism right away. And honestly, I never even heard of it until they told me that's what he had when he was about eight years old. So, um, yeah, my husband and I, we just tried to get all the help that we could. And it was a little bit more available at first. But now that he's gotten a little older and behaviors have changed, it's become a little bit more difficult. But you know, we do the best we can with um, learning how he communicates. Yeah, we do the best we can as a family to make sure that his needs are, are, you know, obviously met. So what was it that you saw before, before the diagnosis that made you think, hey, something, we might need to get this checked out? Yeah, he had like a delay in learning to um, talk. It's like he was making more sounds than actually forming words. Um, he did a lot of rocking and then he did what a lot of autism, uh, autistic children do is like the hand flutters mm-hmm. or something like the, the imitation of flying. So he would do that a lot. And um, he had some other behaviors with the potty training. Matter of fact, that mm-hmm. took a lot longer. I say that he was wearing pull-ups when he was still... Mm-hmm six years old yeah and so um we just knew that it was something a little bit different and matter of fact when he was about 15 months old I noticed just how extremely hyper he was <laughs> and that if you didn't you know you couldn't leave a door open a window open. yes yes so if you left a window open he would get out and so um they started looking at him for ADHD and then they thought possibly um um, what did they say? Developmentally delayed. And so then they put me into a program where he was getting speech therapy. But again, he was only like maybe three years old then. And so it still was another five years before we really knew that he was autistic. But I know that um, he started preschool at about three years old because they had some programs for him. And whenever they would go on field trips, he couldn't go because he would he would run away so fast. You know, he was so hard to 
he was kind of hard to keep up with because he was so fast. And so again, it just it just seemed like ADHD because he would move so much. He was so hyper. And um, mm. uh, I don't even know exactly what it was that made them tell me autism because the same thing had been going on for years. And uh, with him not really you know, talking and, but see, he was also born with um, cleft lip and palate. So mm. I gave birth to him and we saw that. That's something that they didn't see when I was carrying him. And so when I gave birth to him and they saw that his lip was split and his nose and everything, um, immediately, you know, they were like, okay, yeah, he's going to have, this is severe. So he had surgery for that, I think, when he was two months old. So at first, um, the delay in his speech, they were thinking that maybe it had to do with that. Mm -hmm. Doctor was saying that a lot of kids that have cleft, cleft lip and palate, they still speak fairly well. So we just really didn't know. But he still had some other surgeries. Matter of fact, he still has a couple that he needs to have where like right there at the top of your your mouth, like between your two front teeth, if you were to form mm -hmm. down, there's like a hole there. There's a lot of things that still need to be done that they couldn't do at the time because he still had, you know, his, his uh, like baby teeth, I guess. And so right. a lot of those. So we, again, we just didn't know what the delay was. So they were thinking that possibly it was the cleft lip and palate. And so I don't know if it's because when he turned like eight years old, that he just didn't speak well, that um, finally I had to take him to like the LSU Children's Center or something like that. And they diagnosed him with autism then. Hmm. What was it like for your family during that whole process? Were you were you thinking that's not it? There has to be more to it than what they were telling you? Yes, I thought that every time they told me something else, I was getting frustrated. Matter of fact, they put him on, um, oh, I can't remember the names of the medicine now, but it was for ADHD. And I really mm -hmm. that, but he was very hyper. And I was kind of, well, you know, I'm maybe it because he you know he he, he could get away from you a lot he wasn't exactly running away but he could get away from you and so um I tried it and I didn't have to try it for long because when I tried that his behavior changed drastically he was a happy hyper kid and it's like depression just came over him mm. and I took him off of that and so um there were always a there was always a of opinion in doctors one doctor because you know you would have the pediatrician say one thing but then I was him to like the it's not really an autism center but LSU had like a an area where um oh well, I forget what they call it I think it was like a it was like a team of people that he had for his cleft for um mm -hmm for testing his hearing. So going from one place to the next, it, it was just a little bit difficult because you just didn't know who to believe and, and what to think. And then there weren't a lot of solutions other than, well, you know, we'll just um, put him in speech therapy. But he also had a cyst on his brain. It's an arachnoid cyst. Hmm. They discovered that as well when he was born. But they, wow. 
It wasn't hurting anything. It, they didn't expect it to grow. And we've had it monitored over some time. And um, it hasn't grown. It wasn't hurting anything. And honestly, I don't know to this day if that cyst has anything to do with the delay or has even anything to do with the autism. But they mm. wasn't a problem. So it would do more damage to remove it than to just, you know, just leave it. So yeah. for a lot of things that I heard when he was born, I mean, you know, he was only, he, he was, I literally had just had him and I found out about the cleft lip and palate. And then within an hour or so, they said he had a cyst on his brain. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been challenging with things like that, because again, that's something that nobody's done anything about right now. And they say not to do anything. So you have a lot of things in there that it's like, I, I don't know what to do with a parent about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cause at one point I had them tell me, okay, well then let's teach them sign language so that maybe that would help with the communication barrier. Well, mm-hmm. that they got me the whole set of signing times and started doing that. But then another doctor said, well, no, let's not do that because when he does the sign language, he's not going to try to form the word and we want him to try to form words. Mm -hmm. You don't know what to do. So (laughs) there are some things that he can sign and then we have communication books. We have, like I created a book that has like stories that he likes, foods that he likes and um, just made my own, you know, sheets and we go somewhere. And then there's other things that they have. I think it's called PECS. P-E-C-S, PECS, um, mm-hmm. that the school had for him. And so it had like a little, it might have a picture that says, I want, um, I need, you know, little things like that. And then you could put the rest of the pictures behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we mm-hmm. have different things. But and, and right now, matter of fact, yesterday we had a situation where I didn't understand what he wanted. And it took me some time to get it. And when I finally got it, I had to actually stop and pray and ask God to show me, to help hear what he was saying. Because it for him and for us, but, you know, at him, but just because you want to meet his need. And so um, when I finally figured out what it was, he was just excited because I got it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. send the girls a text. I'm like, okay, if you ever hear a brother say, sounds like he's saying this he's trying to say that so we always keep each other updated on okay I think I figured out what he means when he's trying to say you know whatever it is so so it's been over 10 years now that you've known um what do you see his strengths and weaknesses are in him having autism it's really creative like yeah real detail oriented you know yes um, he's really creative. His writing has. Um, oh, he has awesome penmanship. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. Now he has to trace. Not, not really trace, but he has to look at something. Um, he knows how to write his name, though. He knows how to write. Mm. But um, if he sees something, he can sit there and write it out, and it's so neat. Sit yeah. mm-hmm. down, just you know, write out words. He doesn't really right. do as far as trying to communicate. That that's been a challenge, but he's 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 strong there. Um, the the only weakness 
probably would just be the communication barrier. Though, um, and you may know, Keith, because I'm sure, were you at the church that day when he escaped from the church? I'm not sure when it was at church. I remember other times that it happened, like from home, and we were all praying to for them to find exactly. So, see, with that being said, if we could understand him, they be able to prevent even that from happening. You know, Mm -hmm. it's where he could say, "I'm feeling a certain way," or "I want to do," you know, something, and and we maybe could just take him to do it. You know, instead of him. So that would be what I would think would be a weakness is just that if we could communicate better, then some of the other things, the challenges that autism brings, it really would, it would be a breeze even for those right. things if we just, right. yeah. Now, how have other people, you know, who don't necessarily deal with autism on a daily basis, how have they responded to your family? Have you had issues with how people look at him or, or treat him or, or look at your family? <laughs> yes, Chelsea has experienced that when when they're out with him because he's a little different when he's out with my husband and I because, of course, we're the parents. So he's a little bit more behaved. He doesn't with the mm-hmm. girls, but, you know, he's with his sisters. So really friendly. So when he's out with his sisters, he likes to go up and, you know, just touch people, hug people. And so um, if they don't know him, then yes, that's, you know, it's nobody's really just outright mean, but, you know, you can tell some people are a little more standoffish when he just, mm-hmm. so, but I think Chelsea's experienced some other things too. Yeah, I've known a few times, this was back when I think I was like still in high school in um, some apartments, you know, he would want to go outside and ride his bike. And, you know, um, the kids around there, you know, because Joseph, he looks, if you were to look at him, he really don't have a disability, honestly. So um, I guess it was real easy for people to kind of look at him in a funny way or make smirks. And, you know, me as the oldest sister, you know, I had to, you know, be calm, but, you know, also remind them, you know, hey, he has autism. So, um, right, because so, since you can't really tell right off, right. a lot of times other children will just come up and want to talk to him. Yeah, or want mm. you can't, you know, and when you mm-hmm. couldn't, that's where the confusion, you know, maybe they were looking a certain way or like, why is he doing that? Or he's much bigger than I am, so why is he playing with a toy right. for my age? Mm-hmm. That, that's difficult with it. Um, but with children, it's a little easier to deal with because some children just don't know. Yeah, but for sure. It's the teenagers it's the that teenagers I really have to, yeah. you know. What is a part of your world in dealing with autism that most people wouldn't know? I think you kind of mentioned it, how you said you'll you'll text the, the rest of the family and say, hey, this is what this means if you see this. Like, what what things do you have to do on a daily basis? To, to help Joseph? I think you just really have to have um, that patience and understanding because I know like my mom, for example, now of course she loves, she loves her grandkids and um, she, sometimes she wants them to, you know, come to her house or, or maybe even um, 
his aunt, my husband's uh, sister, you know, he likes to go to Keithville to go out there. But the thing is, if, if you're not around him all the time, it's a fear for us. Because it's the simplest thing that if you don't understand what he's trying to say, and you do the wrong thing or give him the wrong thing or neglect giving him what he's saying, that's, it, it just is a frustration there. And so um, it's a little harder for people to understand like, maybe why we're so reluctant about certain things. Um, I know that there are places here that offer services for um, disabled adults, but with him not being able to communicate it's hard for me to put him in those programs. Um, Holy Angel, different places, mm-hmm. they have programs, like day programs. But I've always said, but if I send him somewhere and he's there all day and he can't even communicate, you know, that's a, how can they do whatever it is that he wants to do or meet his needs? So my protectiveness, I guess is what I'm trying to say, has been, um, hard for people to understand at times. Yeah, because we even have to secure our home a certain way. In yes, ways that people may not really understand why. Right. We do it that way. Yeah, because like for example, Easter, I had maybe I had maybe ten people over, and you know we have a deadbolt. Now we do have certain doors or windows that you're able to in an emergency you can you know get out of but for the most part um it's like dead bolted so as soon as somebody every guest that comes in you have to get a key unlock it and then when they come in you gotta lock it right back and all it takes mm-hmm. is someone to say oh i need to run to my car and they think they can just go open the door you can't <laughs> yeah. so it's, there's a lot of things that we have to do mm-hmm. that um or just unless you you live the life and see it every day, it's like people just don't understand sometimes the frustration. And a lot of times they say, "Well, you guys wear it so well, you know, we yeah. wouldn't." You know, and it's not that it's horrible. It's just that it it does take a toll sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. you know, he can't help that he's like that and and creative and he likes to do things but like I said the the biggest challenge is just the communication Mindy did you have any questions um I was just wondering if after y'all got the uh, the diagnosis did you feel any relief to have an answer it was some relief there, but, and don't get me wrong, at the time that we found out, the internet was a thing, so it wasn't like I couldn't, mm-hmm. but um, couldn't research it or anything, but it was just something that I had relief, but then I just had that sense of uncertainty because it was, it's almost like there's no solution for it. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah. I did have relief that sense because everything that I was reading for once it made sense you know it's like um mm-hmm. it's because you know how we often google things and you shouldn't do that because it'll match everything but um <laughs> in this case when I was reading about autism it matched everything and so I was like okay mm-hmm. so that answers the questions about that you know about that 
But I mean, that still left the situation with assist and it still left the situation with cleft lip and palate because some people that have cleft lip and palate don't have autism. Several people. Mm-hmm. And so those, mm-hmm. are, those are separate things. Like all three of those things are totally separate. The cyst, the, you know, mm-hmm. the cleft lip and palate. So I was just seeing more and more people. But, um, but basically, yes, it did give us some relief. It's just that it didn't bring a lot of solution, but it gave us some relief. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I I felt like because I I had a my middle kid Moses when he was 3 they diagnosed him with autism and that diagnosis has changed mm-hmm. <laughs> over the years so I'm not really sure what that's about but he had a lot of the characteristics mm-hmm. of it and for me it was like well I just want to know how his brain right. works. Because I felt like I don't understand why <laughs> he's behaving the way he mm-hmm. is. Why is he upset? Why is he banging his head against right. the wall right now? Like, what, what's that right. about? Or he would take off, you know, and just like you talk about angels. Right. <laughs> I know. You know, at the store, he, he would just he'd be gone. And I'm like, oh, no. And I got. I got a baby in the basket. Like, what do I do? I can't leave the baby and I can't, but I can't go in the street. Like, what do I do? So, I mean, I have those moments, like what is going on with him? So for me reading about it and going, oh, okay, well, at least I get to figure him out. Right. (laughs) Right. And it, and it does help. But the only, the only thing for me was that it's so many levels of this. And so you have people that are extremely high functioning and honestly, There's a lot of Joseph that is very high functioning. I mean, he can, you know, he can make his own food mainly by microwave and oven. Now he will put something in the oven. He doesn't really use the stove top and he'll ask for help, but there are a lot of things he, he could do on his own. But, um, but the intellectual level and in some ways he's, there's certain things that he's just beyond. It seems like his creativity Mm-hmm. but then there's mm-hmm. a lot of things mm-hmm. that it's like oh okay you know even if he could fully communicate which would be helpful very helpful there still would be areas where it's like I think that he still might be behind in some areas mm-hmm. but at least he'd be able to mm-hmm. communicate because it's like he can't read and honestly I guess if he could I don't know that because he can't communicate it and so mm-hmm. it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot in his intellectual um, capacity that I just don't know just because he can't communicate it. Can you explain a little bit about the spectrum like of autism for people who've never heard that? Like, are you able to um, explain what that is? You know, it, I guess it's kind of hard for me to explain, but I know that I, and I don't even fully get it. It's obviously just something different mm-hmm. in the brain and how they process. And But yeah. there's so many different levels of it. There's people that are autistic that are writing books. There's mm-hmm. They're creating things. Right. They're doctors. They're, you know, so honestly, I'm still trying to understand it myself because I'll see someone else <laughs> that they'll say their child is autistic, but they live on their own. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, what is this this thing? What is this thing that, you know, my child will probably never be able to live on his own because on some level there's things he doesn't understand as far as safety. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's no way, you know, that, that I would allow that. So, but then, like I said, someone else, their <laughs> kid is driving and, um, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean he drives? Aren't you scared he won't come back? <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. if my son had a, a car and some keys, he might not come back. But but that's just mm-hmm. because I don't know what makes them run. A lot of autistic kids are runners. Yeah. And why? I don't know. So there's a lot on the spectrum that I really don't understand myself other than they receive information mm-hmm. differently. And it's, and it's obviously it comes out differently. And I, I still don't understand yeah, it. Right. Their social skills are some of them, not for all of them, but their social skills can sometimes be inappropriate because they don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the touchy feely. But there's times that they don't like to be touched and they don't like the eye contact. Joseph mm-hmm. doesn't like to look people in the eye all the time. It's more often mm-hmm. than not, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't like to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's just different. You know? It is. It's, it's so it's so it's so different. Hey, tellers, we hope that you enjoyed part one of our autism awareness episode. We loved getting to sit down and talk with Deja and Chelsea LaCour, and we hope that um, you were blessed and encouraged by what they had to say. Um, So tune in next week for part two of our autism awareness episode. Happy Tuesday.